Hello everybody, it's Graham Coke with another My Music and the dog's gone mad, I've gone mad, who knows what could happen in the next half an hour, I'm going to be talking to LX, but first we're going to watch this little video from Analog Trash. Enjoyed that video. Uh, it's, it's quite, it's quite lively, isn't it? Um, some people will be wondering now how I managed to get the dog to bark on cue right at the beginning of the program. I didn't. He just does that. Um, you know, that's dogs for you. They will do whatever they want to do. A little bit like children. Um, you have, you have your own child, don't you? I do. Yeah, I have a two and a half year old. Yeah, he's pretty wild. I love them though, don't you? I mean, how, how much? Let's start there. How much have you learned from your child? Oh, so much. Like it's completely shifted my priorities and what's important in the world. And uh, yeah, it's it's makes life kind of more exciting again. It's like the, that first year when you have a, a child, everything you do is the first time you've done it. You know, it's like the first time I've gone for a walk. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we've we've got five children. Um, which means that I've started wow. life, I've started life five times over. It also means, El, that yeah. I haven't actually slept for nineteen odd years or something like that. So uh yeah. Well you, you can sympathize that. with that. <laughs> yeah. Does does I your can. little does your little one sleep? Uh I mean yes, but he wakes me up every night. Oh so there you that's go. Uh, yeah, that's a bit rough. Now, listen, I'm excited to talk to you because I believe that you're um, a great, truly multidimensional person, which is fantastic. Because uh, And we need more people like you in, in the world. Um, let's start on that, because not only are you a musician, but you also, I mean, you, you can do some art art as well. You know, all of this stuff that we're looking in the background, that that's all of you as well. Um, you've got... Uh, a YouTube channel with aid as well, which is fantastic. And you're bringing your sort of family life in there and you're documenting, you know, you're, you're documenting that. So you're, you're, you're creating on lots and lots of different levels. Do, do you get a little bit tired sometimes of people looking at musicians and going, but they're just a musician? Um, well, I'm not sure I've experienced that. Um, but I have experienced the feeling of, oh, I, I'm a musician. Like I, I want to be seen as an artist, um, and about my music first and foremost. And I worry sometimes when I do things that are outside of that, whether it distracts people from the fact that I am a musician. Like I was very conscious, um, when I had a baby that I was, I didn't want my whole feed to become about my son. Cause then people just think you're a mum they don't remember that you are a musician right. as well. And that like the more you post about your child, it's like, oh wait, they don't care about music anymore. 
or the more I post about family life or I don't know, I'm quite passionate about accessibility and things like that. If I start posting about property and making your house accessible, does that mean that I have stopped making music? Like, no. Um, that's what I mean yeah, I in a way. It's something that I've say it to me. Yeah, it's it's something that I've had to put. I've put it at the top of my YouTube channel, and I've had some criticism from people because you know some people that find me find me through these these music interviews and whatever, and they go. I've I've had people say, but do you know what the problem is? Your your YouTube channel is quite confusing because you talk about uh, culture and again a bit like yourself I talk about accessibility and disability and I talk about so inclusion and I talk about things like ergonomics and whatever and they're like you're you're confusing because why don't you why don't you just talk about music and it's like because I'm a you know I'm a person that is interested in all of these things right yeah but that people want you to be focused on one thing. Um, and I think that a lot of people's mind, like my mind doesn't work that way. I like to do multiple things at the same time. Um, but even within music, I was getting told I was too pop for rock, too yeah. rock for pop. Like, why can't I be both things? Why, like if I, 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 I've had this idea for ages that I want to release an acoustic version of my album the real version, the kind of electro pop version, and then the dance version of it all. And like, I can do all of those. I can do the acoustic version all by myself. I can do the remix album all by myself. I can do the, the indie pop one by myself, but it's so confusing for people that like on Spotify, then I would have all these different sounds and they can't categorize me. Um, and it's a massive frustration, but I don't know. There's well, part it, of the, me that kind of understands it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I kind of understand it as well. But it's a problem for the algorithm, and it's a prob. It's problem for yeah. technology and computers. Is it? Is it really a problem for people? I don't know. I don't know whether it is. I think. I think people actually want people to be as diverse yeah. as they are in all of the things that they're interested in. I think it's just that the, you know, kind of the people behind the boxes want to put you in that kind of little box and, and struggle with it. I mean, the fact that an artist has to kind of pick three categories to put their, you know, their music into uploaded or whatever, it's, it's just kind of daft. Mm -hmm. um, do you think, do you think there's possibly yeah. a, a, a better way? I've, I've said before now on here, I'd love to see, maybe someone create a, a platform or, or someone like Spotify create an element of, of a platform where if you want to, you can turn that algorithm off and you can actually get a curated mm. algorithm from people where it's like, I, I'm going to recommend this, this and this because actually, because I like that, I also like this and I like that. And Well, I think that kind of exists through playlists, you know, through through human-made playlists. It does, but you've got to then get to the playlist. That's the that's the problem, you know? Yes, of course. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to have the people more upfront in the platform, if you know what I mean. So it's like, these are my, these are my friends, yeah. and like my friends are telling me to go yeah. here, there, and everywhere, or whatever. 
I think that's what like what artists should be doing though, and for um, you know bloggers and things like that. Like we have, we can link to our own playlists through Instagram or whatever, and maybe that should be celebrated more within the Spotify platform. Of like, here are some playlisters that really get your taste or something. But then there goes the algorithm again. <laughs> You said before we came on and did this today that you're going through a bit of a shift in terms of everything really in your life at the moment. What what mm. has driven that shift? Is that becoming a family unit or is that is that something within your own artistry? Oh, so I guess it began at the end of 2019. Um, I was quite frustrated. Um, but at the start of 2020, I was like, I'm going to release a single every month um which i started doing but of course covid hit i continued through covid um and i got pregnant in april of of that of 2020 and then i continued through pregnancy but then in the summer of that year my laptop completely died i lost loads of video content like i'd literally backed up everything onto my laptop that day um wiped my my like cards on my cameras and stuff like that and the computer just wiped out it just went and I couldn't believe it like literally lost so much um which led to a lot of frustration <laughs> and so like then all the feelings of having become well I was pregnant so I was tired um COVID just kept kind of coming back um, nobody was able to tour, nobody, like, I had planned to go to America in March, I was going to go out to South By and, like, really, yeah, do a load of stuff, and I didn't get to do that, and then, of course, coming out of COVID, I had a baby, um, which was a whole different experience, live wasn't the same anymore, I didn't know what was going on, so I've had a lot of time to reflect, but also, I was building this studio that I'm in right now, I was building this the whole time, um, and I always said to myself that once I built it, I wanted to spend like a year just playing around really. Um, and having done that, I have kind of shifted in genres a little bit. I'm, I'm probably way more electronic now. Um, I started using Ableton instead of Logic and that really inspired a whole different side to me. So yeah, it's, it's been a, process it hasn't just been overnight that I just was like oh which way do I go but um yeah lots of time to reflect and play yeah no that's br that's brilliant that that you <laughs> that those different factors came together um all at the same sort of time mm -hmm. I mean it's it's exciting in a way the journey that you're on isn't it just very quickly for a minute yeah. can, can we just see that chair that you're sat on because that's fantastic look at this look at this I mean, it's <laughs> so effectively what you've done is you're, you're taking you're taking a, a chair that already exists and you're just sort of outlining and whatever to make it look more cartoony, look more two dimensional. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I have some frustrations in that my husband knew that everything I was doing in here needed to be white so that I could draw the black outlines. But he bought me a chair that had a grey back. So I spent hours painting it white <laughs> and then the outlines and stuff. But yeah, but the essence is it's just basically outlining everything. Yeah. 
It looks so good. It looks so good. I, I, it's kind of a, a look that's really coming in at the moment. I, I saw the other day there's some school satchels yeah. that you can get that like look uh, like they're 2D. You know what? Those were actually, I think, um, oh, what are they called? Fly-off paper or something. I've got that yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. But, um, those were one of the first kind of um, 2D, 3D illusions that I saw. And then I had a pair of trainers when I was like... Um, 17 or something that had a similar effect i remember people would look at my feet and they were like hold on i don't your, your feet are your flat feet look like they're flat it doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah i got flat feet um but it it became a thing for me when i um started my like performing like a, as a you know somebody said to me well what's what's the band gonna wear um when you when you perform and i was like well obviously i want them to well not obviously actually a lot of people would just put their band in all black. But I had always thought that, you know, all, all black, it just makes people vanish. Um, and I didn't want them to vanish. I wanted to kind of make a statement. Um, and I was, I've always been kind of conscious of the fact that everybody has a story um, that you maybe don't see. So like, you know, uh, for example, celebrities or whatever, you may have an opinion on a celebrity. You've never met them, but you've heard a few facts about them. So to me, it's like you've seen the outlines of that person, but you don't know the depths of that person. So this kind of uh, 2D, 3D metaphor was all about um, kind of playing with that concept of like you can see the outline, but you can't see the person's depth um, and kind of just putting that in people's faces. And it's been quite interesting because on stage, it's certainly like, had a very Marmite appeal in terms of music industry. Some people were just like, ugh. And I was like, that is exactly what I was going for because I wanted them to to be challenged by it. And yeah, hey, look, it's, it's when better, I, better, better to actually, studio, better to thought, actually have a, 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 you know, an opinion one way or the other on something than kind of people like yeah, saying, well, I've seen exactly. that before. And it's, yeah, and it made it memorable. It was like any time that people looked uh, my back like if someone was gonna see me at a festival or a showcase they'd be like oh yeah the girl with the the 2d band you know um so it was yeah it was it was fun <laughs> and I felt like when I did the studio like at first I thought about making it all plush and pretty and I thought no I'm gonna go all out and like make this a playful like illusion really like mess with people's minds when they come in so that they instantly are in that place of like um experimenting and and maybe taking themselves out of the box that they're used to talking about people taking themselves out of a box and that actually this kind of illusion of kind of a cartoon land did, did you with the fact that you are interested in accessibility and inclusion etc do, do is it partly a statement on society as well yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I suppose to a degree, I feel like people look at me and they think certain things. And I'm like, you don't know me. Like, nobody really knows me, even my friends to a degree. They only know Bit the, the bits of me that I've shown them, I suppose. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's definitely a statement on, on the wider society. And, and, and really just a reminder to everyone to uh, remember that depth. Remember everybody's got a story. Is it is that part and parcel of the the sort of 
pros and cons of modern digital living with social media, etc., which is that everybody know, everybody sees a lot of everybody, but at the end of the day, they know very little, actually, of anybody as well. Yeah. You know? but yeah. I just think that um, yeah. we don't really know much of anybody's story. What we see quite a lot of the time is someone's perce perceived story out there. Um, yeah. what, what are some of the, the main things that you've, you've tried to fight for in terms of inclusion? Um, so I suppose access is a big one. Like I, I'm uh, constantly trying to push people to put ramps instead of stairs. Um, I really have struggled with the fact that most kind of small venues are inaccessible. Like certainly I'm, I'm based in London and uh, there's stairs down to any small venue or up to any small venue. Like there is so rare to find a ground level small venue, you know? Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. I, I, it, once you start looking at it, it's amazing how inaccessible most things are. I mean, we, we saw this yeah. summer, I think for the, for the first time, we saw some of the bigger venues with or some of the bigger artists at venues Coldplay mm -hmm. and uh, I know was one Ed Sheeran was a, was another where they did have people mm -hmm. signing at gigs for example um they did mm -hmm. did have some kind of wheelchair access but it's so it is so rare it really is so rare and then sort of beyond physical yeah. disability if you get into things like uh neurodiversity etc yeah oh, another whole game <laughs> Yeah, I, I, Attitude is Everything. I don't know if you've heard of them, the charity. Um, they do an amazing job of, of trying to promote inclusivity at venues and shows and festivals. And I know that they try and encourage people to air people with um, people that maybe need a camera room they can go to at a festival or a gig, which I think is brilliant. Like, And they kind of created this framework that gives you some guidance because like, we may know a little bit about one particular disability, but I'm completely ignorant to some some others. Like, um, yeah, like I, I don't know what it's like to be blind, I suppose, or, or you know, uh, then some of the different neurodivergent um, needs. Do you know what I mean? Um, and they're really although I've got I've got a friend that can help you understand that because yeah. they, they do awareness one of my clients does awareness training for people okay. with visual impairment and hearing impairment it's fascinating yeah, yeah. you know and I, I awareness is one of the things that i think we need to start with a lot younger yeah um and and you know get that education in at a lot younger age because i think it's i think it's starting there in schools i i certainly mm. think and you'll know this once your you know your child goes through school, etc. You'll find that they they do get taught a lot more awareness mm. than we ever did. I mean, if anybody had anything different about them at school, unfortunately, quite often they were they were bullied or or made fun of or or whatever yeah. because nobody talked about it. Yeah, nobody normalised it. Nobody nobody said you know. This is why. This is why. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, and and kids ask. Kids want to know. Kids ask questions. Yeah. yeah. And I think years ago we just got 
we got embarrassed by it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we can't I think, get embarrassed. Um, children's books and stuff are great now like um there's i think we're we're part of like reading rebels which is a amnesty international mm. um thing and the books that we get through that are so interesting and i'm always thinking well when you're reading it you're thinking you're educating your child but you're also kind of educating yourself about certain things um so i think that's a great in for for helping to change society is just trying to get these kind of books out there that explain it in a in a childish way almost so that people get some sort of understanding yeah are you finding with having that family doing the things that you're doing doing the, the doing the the, the youtube videos etc now doing the, the family are you finding it's filtering through into your music and what you're writing about um yes like i uh it's funny i when i started like practicing on Ableton and just like trying a different sound like one of my friends recommended that I started making garage music which was quite funny to me because I wasn't like <laughs> I was like garage music I don't know like I wasn't a fan of garage music but um it really helped me to get yeah out of my head and like to just practice and, and actually play and and not take it too seriously and one of the things I said to myself when I started that project was I'm going to make all these songs about baking with my son. Um, right. Because Lovely. I was like, then I'm not going to get too deep in, like, I'm not going to get stuck. I didn't want to get trapped because you can get trapped when you're trying to write something complicated and deep and meaningful and all of that stuff. But the weirdest thing is that some of those songs have become actually probably my deepest songs by accident. Um, because really, when you're when you bring a life into the world, like that's one of the deepest things and, and that relationship that you have with a child and all of that stuff and, and the relationship that I have with my partner that brought the child into the world, you know, it's it's the deepest emotions um, and it and it makes you face life and death as well. So, um, yeah, it's been really, really, yeah, it snuck into my work even when I was trying to to keep it away. Yeah, does it sometimes feel like <laughs> some of the things that you were writing about before were you were there on a on a thought process or a, a, a you know mental thought process because you were looking for something and actually in a way it was probably right at the time but that but it's not the same as being in it if you know what I mean now now that you're in it now that you've found those things etc it's, it's it's perhaps easier to express those things because you you understand them i think it, i think i find it easier to express love in my songs now yeah um but i do think that i i always wrote from from a, a deeply introspective kind of place um so yeah, I, d I it do. It's always think genuine, I, but it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think I was. I mean, that obviously at points, like maybe when I was in a co-writing session or something, I might be reaching for something that actually I didn't experience myself. Um, but certainly towards the 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 twenty nineteen, I was really comfortable with writing very intimately about the stuff that was going on in my life and my mind and stuff like that. I've always. Um, I don't know. I've I've always been able to find things difficult. <laughs> so 
So um, I, I was always able to use music as, as that therapy to really analyze how people's minds work, I guess. Have you thought about how, as your child grows, they're going to be as a listener of your music? Yeah, I mean, I'm loving it right now. He's like, I, Just without, without any prompting, he'll be like, mom, this is, this is a tune. This is a tune. I'm like, oh my God, he likes my music. He's like, this is such a good tune. Um, but also I've noticed the way that he, um, he can feel like even at the age of like one, two, he could feel when music was happy or sad. And he would dance when it's happy and then he literally started even when he he could couldn't say very many words and he just would say sad sad like when the music kind of shifted um and i guess that a, a little change is that i i do think maybe a little bit more about my lyrics in terms of uh uh child like what i would want him to think of what i'm saying sometimes you know like i don't want to be a bad influence um that doesn't mean I'm not going to swear or whatever, but it just, I, I try to have have a positive kind of spin on something, perhaps. Yeah. Are you prepared for the teenage years, though, when everything that you do isn't cool? I don't know. I, I think he's going to be my drummer, man. I'm, I'm going to be naive oh, right. to this. I'm just going to keep <laughs> dreaming that me and him are going on tour. <laughs> do you know what? That's probably the most sensible thing to do. Yeah. Keep them, keep them really close. Keep them actually involved. <laughs> Yeah. so that you don't go through that process that yeah. most of us parents go through, which is there, there comes an age where they suddenly go, why? Why, Dad? <laughs> I know, he's going to do that for sure, but I'm going to pretend that he's just going to love me forever. <laughs> yeah, well, that, one of my sons sits there, uh, you know, and his favourite job is he'll, he'll go, I'm listening to a podcast, Dad. It's not your podcast. <laughs> You know, he just he just loves to kind of get that in there. It's oh, just like man. you know, I just. But I I guess that that's an important part of them becoming themselves as well, which is that they yeah. you know they have to kind of tell so you, you know, they have to kind of tell you that uh, you know I've developed my own listening, I've developed my I've developed my own taste, I've developed my yeah. own fit, and, and it, you kind of you know part of it part of it hurts, part of it you think that's great. It's the healthiest thing, I think, for, for a child to have their own independent identity. Like, I I think that's the, a, a little bit of a fear, I suppose, because, like, you know, my, my husband has got a lot of accolades to his name and stuff like that, and um, I, I don't have anything on the same degree, but, like, and I see the pressures that some children face when their parents are celebrated and stuff like that. And I don't want him to get trapped in trying to become me or trying to become Addy. Like I want him to be his own person. And if that means shunning us, then I'll take it just to to not make him feel trapped in in our lives, you know. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think you'll find that that will happen. Um, yeah. You you see you seem uh from what what I know, because you know, as we were saying earlier, I don't yeah. really know you. I, 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 I'm you secretly know. very evil. <laughs> <laughs> you secretly hide the sweets and the chocolates yeah, at the weekend. There's a few bodies under this studio. <laughs> no, there's not. Please don't dig up my studio. <laughs> what going into going into 2024? Because we're nearly at the end of this year now, which is oh, this yeah. is quite scary. I mean, what, mm. do you have 
kind of any ambitions into 2024? Is there is there something either you, as yourself or collectively as a family you want to try and achieve? What's what's on the um, horizon? There's there's I want to get some music out there. I I really am missing performing, so I want to have a vehicle to get back out there. Um, but also I I am in the process of like launching a business which is in accessible property and basically teaching estate agents about access and trying to make it easier for people to find accessible housing because there is really not a solution for that right now. I need to introduce you to someone that I literally just met this morning. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how the world goes around. But I, <laughs> I honestly, I was... Uh, I was absolutely gobsmacked by this. I was I was in a meeting this morning. I met someone for the first time. This guy is a genius. Mm. You know, you know when you get those like bedroom closet geniuses who have created something which is absolutely amazing, and they don't even really know the worth of what they've created. Mm. This guy has created a system where he uh, he can digitize sort of walk rounds of buildings. And okay. like literally, and, and then like embed it into Google Maps so that if someone's like showing you around the building, it's really showing you around the building. Yeah. Every floor, everything. I'll, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. But it, yeah, we were talking this morning, it'd be so good for accessibility because, mm. you know, with all the will in the world, um, estate agents lie because, you know, they're selling a property. Yeah, honestly, it, the amount of properties we showed up and there were stairs to get in. I was like, well, what was the point? Like, you're not gonna sell us a property with stairs to get in, like, no. Yeah, no, I think it'd be, it's great. I, I went to um, I went to a thing from the, uh, I think it was, it might have been the BDF or someone like that, uh, a few years back at Sainsbury's headquarters in London. And there was someone there that had developed an app for accessibility and it was to do with holidays yes. similar kind of thing which was yeah. that, you know if you're going on holiday somewhere the brochure yeah. says it's got wi-fi it's got a lovely mm -hmm. lounge it's got they this. sold it to airbnb didn't they yeah it doesn't tell you how you get around that hotel it doesn't tell you how you get into that mm. hotel it doesn't tell you you know any of the any of the stuff that's you know and that's that was i feel was brilliant you know we mm. need we need more of that so people can actually go yeah i'm not going there not on your nelly yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's really really it's really really important don't even get me started on accessibility of websites yeah terrible terrible yeah i'm is. look i you know i think um i think you're a great artist i think you've got uh real depth in terms of the type of music you've already made and you know i feel like you've got a great narrative as well and i'd love i look forward to seeing how that narrative plays out as well within your songs as you're doing all of these other bits and pieces as well because and i'm sure it will i'm sure that elements of your family life will come in and it's that's refreshing as well mm. um to to see to see that because it's unfortunately do, do you still feel like that that some musicians tend to have to not talk about family it's almost like i think especially for women i think yeah. women are particularly afraid of um 
getting getting branded a mother and nothing else um and losing their their personal identity and all of that stuff um so yeah i think uh i think most people shy away from from talking about it yeah Where which is, is a shame because as as you say it's such a huge part of people's life and and why is everything just geared towards you know 20 year olds or or teenagers it's, it's very strange there's there's plenty of 20 year olds I dare I say even teenagers that have had kids. True, very um, true. You know, and but but also you know maybe maybe actually we need in that as well. Maybe we actually need more young mums who mm. are actually role models talking about motherhood and mm. within their music and whatever as well as maybe lessons for the younger generation as to the right and the wrong way to do things as well. I mean, that's, mm. that's kind of important. If we take, if we take those narratives out, then actually, you know, maybe too much pop music is still about sex and, 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 mm. you know, rock and roll, but, and that's fine, but doesn't say the whole story. Yeah. You know? And yeah. That's, so, so it, I think it's great. I think it's great what yeah. you're doing. Thank, thank you. you for, thank you for coming on. Chatting it's a today. pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, absolute pleasure. Um, thanks for thanks for coming here. If people haven't checked out your music at the moment, uh, mm -hmm. where's the best place for them to go? Uh, Spotify, Apple Music. They just need to search my name, E-L-L-E space E-X-X-E. Yeah. It, it always reminds me of L-A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or my L-A-X, you know. Yeah, ah, yeah. You see, yeah. just think about it like that, but... The, the the double X in the middle, not triple X like the the old lager, double X in the middle, and then you'll remember it. You know that's yeah. that's the the key for any of you dyslexics out there. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Um, please do go and check out Alexis' music. Um, do download it now. We're gonna we're gonna actually add one of your tracks to the My Music uh, podcast on Spotify okay. now. Um, to, we've got a playlist going. Um, so that uh, every artist of which now there's 300 and I think you're 302. Um, <laughs> so it's a long playlist, about six and a half hours long. Uh, near the top. <laughs> we're, yeah, we'll put you in the top. Um, so what track would you like us to add? I think add Rose Gold. Rose Gold. That's going yeah. to be done. People, you, if you don't know, if you can't find anything else and you're already following the, the playlist, you'll find Rose Gold on there and you can click through and then you can find the artist and then you can like and you can follow and all of those other things, which is marvellous. Please do support music. Remember that, folks. Uh, you know, musicians don't make a huge amount of money, uh, only the ones at the top. So please do give support in any which way, shape and form that you can. If you've enjoyed the conversation with Elle today, please do support her. Until next time, this has been my music. Bye for now.